I had, at that point, been listening to podcasts, reading blogs about financial independence, and getting a lot of tips and applying what I was learning to my own financial life. And I was seeing great progress. And so I thought to myself, why not share what I've been learning all this time through my own blog and through my own podcast eventually? Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. If you want the episode show notes for this episode, go to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this episode. In the show notes, you'll get the transcribed version of the conversation, the links that we mentioned, and so much more. Also, whether you are an OG journeyer or brand new to the podcast, I've created a free jumpstart guide to help you on your financial freedom journey. It includes the top episodes to listen to, stages to go through to reach financial freedom, resources, and so much more. You can go to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart to get your guide right now. Okay, let's hop into the episode. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast. I'm your host, Jamila Souffrant, and I'm so excited to be talking to you today. This will be a solo episode. I'll actually be doing a few solo episodes throughout the end of the year. I'll still have some guests on But for now, you'll hear more of my voice. And I know some of my diehard listeners love when I do solo episodes. So you'll be excited about some of the stuff I have planned for you. My first book, Your Journey to Financial Freedom, hits bookstores. It's officially out everywhere December 5th, 2023. So this year, we only have a few more months, couple months uh, left to go. And so I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to almost do a refresher of financial independence, how I talk about it, my frameworks and concepts so that I can point anyone or you can point anyone to this episode or the next couple of episodes, depending on how long this takes, to talk more about the basics of financial independence and to give a more of a background of who I am. Because if you've been listening forever, then you, you pretty much know. But if you're new, maybe you're not as aware or know my backstory. So my plan for this episode, and depending how long it is, I might break this out into two episodes, but the plan is to do a quick backstory of who I am and how the journey to financial independence changed my life, literally changed it. And then I'm going to go into financial independence 101. I'm going to talk a bit about what financial independence is, how it differs from general basic personal finance topics or education that you may have heard of before. And then I'm going to talk about the ways in which you can get to your financial independence goals, calculating your number, all the stages that you have to go through to get there. So let's get started. As I said, you know, I'm Jamila Souffrant. I started this podcast in 2017 and I've been releasing an episode a week ever since. But it started originally as a blog in 2016. Not sure how many people remember or know. It's not that I had a lot of following or knew much of anyone back when I first started the blog. But the blog was first named Mrs. Budget Fab. So yes, the blog was first named Mrs. Budget Fab. 
And it was then in that blog that I publicly started to declare what I wanted to accomplish with achieving financial independence. I had, at that point, been listening to podcasts, reading blogs about financial independence, and getting a lot of tips and applying what I was learning to my own financial life. And I was seeing great progress. And so I thought to myself, why not share what I've been learning all this time through my own blog and through my own podcast eventually? But I do want to take it back just a bit further to give you even more of a backstory on why for me pursuing financial independence, like how it came to be. You know, I am an 80s baby. (laughs) I was born on the beautiful island of Jamaica and I was raised in New York. I was raised in Brooklyn. So my mom had me, she was pretty young. She was a single mom, 20 years old, and had me in Jamaica. She got the opportunity to come to the States and establish herself. She was so young. This was her first time out the country. And she really only had a short amount of time to make the decision to come. Her father had filed paperwork for her to be able to come. And then by the time the paperwork came through, he only had paperwork for her. He didn't know I even really existed. And so when he came to her to say, hey, you know, your papers came through and he saw me, (laughs) you know, like this little baby that was just born, he was just like, okay, that's fine. But you have this opportunity. You only have a week to decide what you're going to do. Are you going to stay with your daughter um, in Jamaica or are you going to leave her so you can go and pursue this opportunity or at least this new life? And I can't imagine. I mean, I can. So as a mom now of three, I think there's two parts. As a parent, you, you can't imagine a sacrifice, making a sacrifice like that for a better future, but then also leaving your small child behind was incredibly hard for her, but she knew that she had to leave me behind in order to chart a new path for us. And so that's what she did. She ended up leaving me with my grandmother while she came to the States and she landed in New York City. She had, or we had family here and she was able to stay with them. She worked multiple low-wage jobs at fast food restaurants in order to make some money And she'd send that money back as much as she could to take care of me back in Jamaica. You know, my father wasn't as that active um, in my life. Um, I knew who he was. I knew his family. So I'm close to my father's side of the family. But it was one of those situations where it really fell all on my mom and my mom's side of the family. And even with that, it was really just her. So thank God my grandmother did take care of me. But ultimately, by the time we were reunited, so just under two years old, my paperwork came through and my grandmother's paperwork came through and we were able to join my mom in New York. So in Brooklyn. And from there, it really was on my mom to take care of me. And she was so determined to do something different than what she had experienced in her life. And, you know, back then, we're talking about the 80s, you know, there was no internet, there was no easy way to find resources. But I don't know where she got the drive from, because she was not one that was encouraged to, to be as ambitious as she was. She unfortunately didn't have as many resources growing up or no, but she just had this internal drive when she had me that she wanted my life to be different. So when she came here, she took advantage of everything she could. You know, she thumbed through the, I guess at this point, the yellow pages to find the resources that she needs to get on government assistance, right? To help like WIC, to help feed us. Um, And she knew, she said she first knew that when she came here, education was going to be the way 
to a better life because she, you know, at that time had her high school education, but nothing else. And so she came to the stage, she got her associate's degree, then eventually got her bachelor's degree. And me, you know, the whole time she's juggling, raising me as a single mom and figuring out, you know, childcare. And so I would spend, you know, a majority of my time at childcare, where whether it was because, you know, after school and, you know, her dropping me off early or being picked up by a bus, and then also then being picked up as late as possible for her to actually go to work and come back and then also school. So, you know, these experiences for me, some of them I don't, you know, I don't have vivid memories of my childhood. I have definitely splats of remembering certain things, but I know that being with her most of the time, right? So, almost doing that time with her, almost that bid with her to get to where she eventually got more stability, it imprinted on me. Like, so I might not remember every single thing, but I know that being in the struggle with her and seeing how much she did imprinted on me and made me and gave me the gratitude that I have today, the hard work ethic that I have, the just ability that I have. And I think what also helped was that she made sure to pour into me as much as she could. So we didn't have a lot of resources, but she, if she found a free event, we'd go to that free event. I remember, or I have pictures of her taking me to the zoo, we went to the library every week. So I was, you know, I was poured into a lot in that way, which helped me. And so growing up, as she got more education and uh, better jobs, we started to see more stability. She, so she, we were doing okay. We were doing well. But one thing she always instilled in me and my grandmother also as a hard worker herself was you have to save money. You know, you don't have a lot of money. So when you have money, you save it because you never know what will happen where you'll need it or when an opportunity arises. So growing up with that as a part of my upbringing really shaped me to be, I would say a good money manager. So I got my first job as 14, you know, the the saying with Caribbean people and especially Jamaicans, we always have a job, we're always working. So I remember working at 14 and having a job every summer or whenever I could ever since then. And every check that I got, I saved most of that money. I wasn't really into material things and neither was my mother, but, you know, so when I got money, it wasn't that I went to go spend it on, at that time, you know, the latest Jordans or what was going on. It was more like, let's save this money. You know, you can provide and do little things for yourself, but this is not for, to, to spend just frivolously. And that really helped me in college because I got an internship through Inroach, which helps minorities get into Fortune 500 companies and earn a decent salary in the summer. And so I got accepted and I started to even make more money, the most money I've ever seen up to that time. And this was during my college summer, right? And so I was back in home. I went to Adelphi University in Long Island. So I would come back in the summer in Brooklyn and then do my internship and save half or more than half my money for my internship job. And that was really important because all that saving over the next few years. So I interned for the next three years and I got a offer letter to go full-time upon graduation. Well, actually, before I even went back to my senior year, I got an offer letter that I would have a full-time position once graduating. And so I was able to use that money or at least have that money and start thinking out the box of, okay, I have this money. What do I do with it? I remember seeing opportunities to buy real estate and I really got interested in real estate because my grandmother by that time had managed to buy herself a three family home in Brooklyn. And then I started to meet people in the neighborhood 
who had multiple houses. And I said to myself, wow, I'd like to own something. And so I ended up buying, when I graduated from college, a studio apartment in Dumbo, Brooklyn, down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. I still own that apartment today. I have an episode about that in the podcast, how that is, was my best investment, most riskiest, but best investment yet. And so I was always ambitious. You know, I always had this ambitious attitude. I even said to myself, even though I had this internship and even though I know I was going to work full time, I was like, you know what, though? I am not working for anyone past the age of 30. I don't like being told what to do. I don't want to be confined to a cubicle. I don't want to have to ask anybody for time off for work. I always felt that way growing up. I wanted to be free. But to be free, you need money because how do you live? How do you provide for yourself? But I said to myself, past 30 years old, I'm not going to be working for anyone. But I didn't really know like how to do that. And so in my 20s, I started or tried to have some businesses on the side. I had a magazine with my friend in college, and we thought that would be the thing that would take off. I also got my real estate's license because at that time I had transitioned into the real estate field in my corporate job as an asset manager for real estate. And so I thought to myself, I've always been interested in real estate. What about if I on the side bought and sold houses or rented houses out and apartments to people? Tried that out. Did not have the patience for that. That didn't work. I tried vending machines, thought, okay, that's a passive way to make money. Maybe I can become a vending machine mogul. Tried my hand at that realized I didn't like that. And so I was trying all these things in my 20s. And then as I was getting more serious um, in my relationship with my then boyfriend, who's now my husband, and we knew we wanted to start a family, it really started to become, well, well, like, how is it possible that I won't work ever again or for someone else when, you know, we want to buy a home together? We want to have children. He was not going to be like, he didn't come from wealth. He was a hard worker himself. He took the road after being a college athlete to become a teacher. And so I thought to myself, you know what? I'm making good money at this job. No one around me, everyone around me works until they can't work anymore. Like the older people, all my friends, family, they work. There's no concept of not working or doing something different. And so I kind of just gave up. I gave up on this idea that I could reach this goal of freedom. And, you know, so I passed that whole quitting by 30 year mark, was not able to accomplish that and just said, all right, I guess this is my life. I'm making good money. Make the most of it. Don't be ungrateful. You know, that's kind of almost what I told myself. When I was 31 now at this point, I was pregnant with my first child. And by then, I've had this long commute, commuting to the same corporate job from Brooklyn to New Jersey, and I was used to it. You know, I was used to leaving early, having that hour, hour and a half commute one way, then coming home by 7 p.m., and that was just the grind. Like, I have no problem with a grind or doing the hard work and being in those that reality just because that's just the way I was raised. I just know that it takes hard work. But what shifted for me was that I was pregnant and... This typical commute that took an hour and a half, you know, which I was able to deal with, took one day so long, hours. And I was in my car and I said to myself, and I was heavily pregnant at this time. And I was just like, wait a second, this can't be my life. Uh, This cannot be my life. I remember it uh, because the commute was very hard after a while, especially being pregnant. And I said, this can't be it. And I remember crying in the car, crying when I got home to my husband And I was like, I don't want to do this. And I know we wanted more children. And I was like, how am I going to like do this and come home at 7, 8 p.m. with a 
with children and then you're working also, I don't want to live that life. And that prompted me to look for solutions. It prompted me to ask questions. And that's the thing when you have obstacles and when you're up, when your back is almost up against the wall, when things are on un- when you feel unhappy, when you have a pain that you can no longer ignore, it forces you to ask questions. And so the questions I asked myself and I put into Google was, how do I quit my job? How do I retire early? I didn't know really like what those things really meant. I just was thinking, how do I get out of this? And I somehow found blogs and podcasts and this concept called the FIRE movement or financial independence. So FIRE, the acronym stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And I remember finding the podcast, The Mad Scientist, hosted by Brandon. And he had a few episodes out at the time. But he was such a relatable, in terms of the way he spoke, person about his pursuit of financial independence. And he was interviewing other people, teachers, engineers, who were on this path, saving money, investing money over time to where they could quit their jobs. And sometimes that journey for them took five years, sometimes 10, or they were still on the journey, but they were talking about saving and investing uh, thousands of dollars over time, traveling the world, opting out of traditional work to have more freedom. So when I started listening to that and then other podcasts and reading blogs, I was just like, where has this been all my life? Because if I knew this existed in my 20s, I would have had the gumption or would have had the no to then attempt to do the things that they were talking about. Hey, Journeyers, I have a special treat and offer for you. I'm right now working on my first book, Your Journey to Financial Freedom, a step-by-step guide to achieving wealth and happiness. It will be out officially December 5th, and I'm working to get it in the hands of as many people, journeyers, as possible. I know that this book has the ability to change lives, and so the way that I'm thinking about doing that is by tapping into my journeyer community. That's you. And here's what the deal is. I am waiving my speaking fee and podcast advertising fee for the next few months and instead asking organizations and small businesses to pre-order copies of my book, pre-order my book in bulk copies. So what does that look like? You can either have me come speak to your organization or company to talk about general personal finance topics, to do a Q&A. I would Zoom in and do that. Or you can tap into the awesome community of journeyers who wants to hear more about your business if you're an entrepreneur and advertise on the podcast. And all you have to do is pre-order bulk copies. That means multiple copies of my book. It is going to be easier than you think it is. I don't have that many spots to be able to offer this, but I wanted to get this out to you if you are interested in not only helping this book reach more people, but getting a lot of value out of it too by me speaking to your organization or company or advertising on the Journey to Launch podcast. Now, if this sounds like something you may be interested in, let me know. Email me at hello at journeytolaunch.com. Also go to journeytolaunch.com slash bulk orders. That's B-U-L-K orders, O-R-D-E-R-S for more information. I hope to hear from you soon. But when I think about it now, the interesting thing is while I had those ambitions in my 20s, I don't know that I would have had the the push in me to pursue it aggressively because I was content in my 20s. 
uh, the timeline of being able to not work past 30 that I had set for myself. You know, it was a timeline I set, but it wasn't, it, I wasn't in dire need of freedom at that point. And so being, you know, early 30s with my first child coming into the world as now, you know, I'm, I'm realizing that this concept exists. I felt like I needed this and I felt like I would do anything to create this freedom for myself because it would save myself and my family. And it was with that, that discovering the podcast, reading the blogs, that I started to gain knowledge and tactics that I could apply to my own finances. So I remember coming home telling my husband, hey, I'm listening to these blogs, I'm reading, or I'm reading these blogs, I'm listening to these podcasts. And this guy, he was able to invest half his income and reach financial independence in five years. And this, this couple saved X amount and are now millionaires. He was, you know, he looked at me like, what? Like, what What are you talking about? <laughs> because for him, it was just like, he also grew up where you worked. You worked and you did the traditional job and you'd be you're lucky to have a job with a pension or with good salary. You would never leave that on purpose. Uh, but if, after much conversation and talking and, you know, seeing eye to eye on what would make me happy because I had the longer commute, I was the one having the, you know, carrying and giving birth to the children, that that was not, the corporate life was not going to be for me. So we got on the same page eventually about how to reach financial independence. By then I had created all the spreadsheets, especially this one called the fire calc, which really allowed us to look at if we invested X amount of money per year, how much would we have by 40, 45, 50, 55? And then if we were more aggressive, what would our investments look like? If we were less aggressive, what would our investments look like? So we were able to model out like a path for us and what would be possible. And I was able to then, as I was listening for about, you know, a couple of years. So I had my first child in 2014. By then I was starting to, you know, change our finances around, get a budget together, apply most of our income. So we're from a two income household. We're making decent money you know, we realized, okay, we got to pay off that consumer debt, the student loans. We got rid of our fancier cars and that my husband had an expensive lease. I owned my car, but by then the warranty ran out. And so we were spending, or I was spending a lot of money commuting back and forth to work. It was a BMW 328XI coupe. You know, I was really hype about that car when I first got it. But after a while, having a child, trying to get a car seat, <laughs> getting a child in a coupe or driving it for so many miles back and forth to New Jersey from Brooklyn, it just did not make sense. So we started to be more practical about our finances and how we were spending in order for us to be able to save and invest a majority of our money during the really aggressive time that we were pursuing financial independence. In 2016, I decided to start the blog, which was first called Mrs. Budget Fab. And then later I changed it to Journey to Launch because I realized while budgeting is important, it's not everything that you need to reach financial independence. And it's more about the journey, hence the name Journey to Launch. So uh, the blog was started in 2016. By then I had my second child. and But now I'm saying to myself, okay, I'm going to share what I've been doing with my life with my finances, because I know that there are people out there who'd want to hear this. And so it was like twofold where I wanted to have a public outlet to be accountable to something, right? I didn't have a lot of followers back then, but I'm going to share this because, you know, for the few people who were reading and then eventually listening, I thought 
I would be more, I'd do what I said I'd do if I knew people were listening to me. And then also I was so inspired by the podcasts that I was listening to and blogs. And I knew that there were people who wanted to hear something else. So yes, I would be talking about the same principles, but what would it sound like from someone like me? You know, most of the podcasts and blogs that I read or listened to at the time, they were by white men and they had their own perspectives. And while I could relate to a lot of it, there were some things I just, I, I knew that they couldn't see just because it wasn't their reality. And I knew based on my surroundings, my family, my friends, that if they had someone to listen to or to at least to relate to in this way, it could even be more impactful. And so I, I just knew a voice like mine was needed. And by then, this is the great thing about my commute is while it was treacherous at some points and really hard, I was able to listen and consume so much content on my commute and just being at the job that I was at that but when it came time to start my blog and the podcast I knew exactly what I needed to do because I knew the content that resonated with me I knew the format that I wanted I by then knew all the players within the space whether it was people who just talked about regular finance and then people in the fire movement like I knew of everyone cuz I was I was studying <laughs> everything for the for the few years that I was still working and so starting the podcast it was really, you know, I didn't know that it would actually provide me freedom a lot earlier than I thought from my corporate job. But I thought, okay, let me throw my hat into the ring in terms of creating content and we'll see what happens. So that was 2017 that the podcast was officially started. And then I also, you know, by then uh, got pregnant with my third child and getting pregnant with my third child, I knew, like, I don't know, it was just having the two children that I already had, plus now becoming pregnant and then working a full, full-time corporate job, doing journey to launch on the side. So I would have my commute, wake up early, do the commute, get to my job, my job, did my job, leave my job, have the commute back and then spend all my waking hours after getting home, working on journey to launch. And I realized like that I could not sustain that lifestyle till I was 40 years old. So the thing I just left out actually in the story was when I first started Journey to Launch, when I realized I'd missed my no working for anyone past 30 mark, 30 years old, I said to myself, I'm not going to work for anyone. I'm going to reach my financial independence goal by 40 years old. And I think initially that was like a seven year timeline. So I was 33 years old. And I remember saying to myself, all right, it's going to take me seven years. No, I have a good job. All I need to do is aggressively save and invest money. We rely on, you know, our, our joint income, and then we'll be able to reach our version of financial independence where I could quit my job at 40 and we would be good. But then by the time I was now pregnant with my third child and we've been doing that grind now for a while. And in the two years where we got really serious about saving and investing, we invested and saved $169,000 of our income. And that went to different retirement accounts, my retirement plan, my husband's retirement plan, it went through to taxable investments. We were on a roll. But then getting pregnant, my third, I said to myself, I don't think I can do this for another five to six years. It's not sustainable. Like it's not healthy. And so while the money would be guaranteed if I stayed at my job, I said to myself, I have to find a way to actually quit earlier than this. And so we switched our investing and kind of saving strategy from investing towards our income into our retirement accounts and taxable accounts to then saving into our FU fund. 
So FU Fund, it's what you think it is. <laughs> it is a more supercharged emergency fund. So emergency fund typically is three to six months of expenses in case of you know emergencies or loss of income. This, I knew that we need to have more money so that if I quit and when I quit my job, we'd have income to rely on because my husband's income did not cover all of our expenses. And because, you know, taking a risk here, my job actually had the more potential for income, the better the job and trajectory of income for my job would be more larger and positive. And so leaving that behind, you know, still living in New York. Now we have a mortgage together because we bought that house we wanted to. And then now having three kids, we had to make sure we had enough savings to help withstand me quitting my job. And so the idea was that I'd quit my job. Journey to Launch at the time was not making a lot of money. It was nowhere close to making what my job was making, but there was potential. There was potential in having Journey to Launch be full-time income that could support us because by then I had put the work in. I saw how my audience, you, my journeyers, you guys were responding to my content. I saw examples of other creators in the space, other entrepreneurs who were doing it full-time. And I said to myself, I can do that. And so the idea was I would quit my job. I wouldn't go back after maternity leave. So after I gave birth and after I had my couple months of maternity leave, I would just stay out. I would I would resign from my position. And we would need money to help cover our expenses until potentially Journey to Launch started to make money. And I wanted to have enough where we wouldn't feel stressed. We wouldn't need to change our lifestyle that much. And so a lot of the money then during those that time that I was pregnant with the, my third was then now sent to saving and uh, making sure we had enough cushion for this new adventure. So I quit my job in 2018 after having my third child. And we're now in 2023, <laughs> depending on, you know, currently when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this in the year it comes out. And I've been a full-time entrepreneur ever since. And it's been amazing. You know, I have a whole other episode planned about the differences between working in corporate and then for as an entrepreneur, like the pros and cons and how that helps with your financial freedom journey plans. So you'll hear more about that. But I found that things never happen by accident. They always, when I look back at it, have been, it's almost like this, the path has been laid because I had said to myself, I want to reach financial independence by 40 years old. And, you know, I was able to quit my job before that, but we were not completely financially independent. While we could take breaks from work, I could take a break from work. While we were very good financially in terms of our trajectory for standard retirement, we still needed to bring in money. Like my husband couldn't like not work. And he, by the way, he does not want to retire early. So I almost failed at my second goal, right? My first goal was to quit my job and not work for anybody else past 30, failed at that. Then my next goal was I'm going to reach financial independence by 40 years old. Kind of failed at that because we're not completely financially independent, even though we are in a great space. But by 40 years old, because I'm in my 40th year now, my book is coming out. I am able to have most of the benefits of financial independence because of starting the journey. You know, while again, we, we still have to bring money in for the most part. I mean, if we if we decrease our lifestyle expenses, we we would be financially independent, but we don't want to. We want to spend uh, in certain ways now. I am at such a 
more comfortable place. I have more autonomy over my time, more freedom, even without being completely financially independent. And I did that all by the time I turned 40, before I turned 40. And so in a way, while I failed at what I I initially thought that goal would be, I succeeded. I superseded you know, what I thought was possible because I did not have a grand scheme. I know some people like if you talk to them and, you know, when things work out for them, they're like, I knew exactly that this would happen. I planned this. I did not necessarily plan this. I did not know when I quit my job that I'd be here exactly. I mean, I knew that Journey to Launch could be successful. I knew one day I wanted to write a book, but I didn't know how any of that would necessarily happen. I was just focusing on the next step. And then I knew that the possibility was there for it to be successful. But I could not have predicted that by the time I was 40 or in my 40s, my book would be out, uh, that I would have the freedom that I have so that the energy and time, the ability to go you know, to the gym, do my runs, pick up my kids, take vacations, travel the way I want, not feel financially stressed not have a boss. I mean, I'm my own boss at this point and I would, I still want to fire myself. I still don't even like listening to me, (laughs) but this is the journey. This is what I wanted. And this is why I feel the pursuit of financial independence is someone everyone should embark on because it's not about reaching the point where you no longer have to work or when you have 1 million, 2 million, 5 million in your investment accounts. That is obviously going to be great when you get there. But the opportunities and freedom that you experience on the way, you can't even imagine what unfolds for you as you embark on the journey. So it's why, you know, I tell everyone, you may think it's it's an impossible goal, especially depending on your starting point. You may think it's for a certain type of person, you know, who has privilege, who has a lot of money who doesn't have the problems you have, you know, who, who's not a single mom or dad or, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, I say that you have nothing to lose by embarking on this audacious journey. You have everything to gain. And I'm so glad that I was able to start a platform that helps to provide that inspiration and the knowledge to help anyone who is curious enough who wants more for their life, who wants more freedom, because I know it's possible. It's possible because, again, I can't believe I'm in this position now. I didn't know that this, in my 20s, even in my 30s, first starting this journey, I didn't know that this lifestyle was available to me. And it is. And so the book, Your Journey to Financial Freedom, that's coming out, you know, it was a great opportunity to succinctly and um, in one place, put all the frameworks and steps that you can take, no matter where you're starting, to get to a point of freedom. And I wanted to do this episode because I said to myself, well, there might be people who are listening to you now who never really understood your full journey. And so this was like a summary of the journey. And now I want to talk more about financial independence. So do a financial independence 101 for you. I think I'm going to break this up into two parts. So this will be part one. (laughs) And then I'll release part two next week where I'll talk all about what really financial independence is the stages that you have to reach, go through to reach financial independence, how to calculate your number and more. And that will definitely be something you'll want to tune in to if you yourself are looking to obtain more opportunity, more options, more autonomy in your life. So stay tuned for part two of the kind of 
FI Refresher, Financial Independence 101, this part was mostly about my backstory and how financial independence changed my life. And we'll get to part two next week. Okay, until then, keep on journeying, journeyers. And remember, the book comes out December 5th. You can get a course, a free course, by buying one hard copy of the book. It's my Financial Independence Starter Course. You can go to yourjourneytofinancialindependence.com for more information. Don't forget, you can get the episode show notes for this episode by going to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this. And you can still grab your jumpstart guide for free to help you on your journey to financial freedom by going to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart. If you want to support me and the podcast and love the free content and information that you get here, here are four ways that you can support me and the show. One, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, that purple app on your phone, your Android device, YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is that you happen to listen, just subscribe so you are not missing an episode. And if you're happening to listen to this in Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe there. I appreciate and read every single review. Number two, follow me on my social media accounts. I'm at Journey to Launch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I love, love, love interacting with journeyers there. Three, support and check out the sponsors of this show if you hear something that interests you. Sponsors are the main ways we keep the podcast lights on here, so show them some love for supporting your girl. Four, and last but not least, share this episode, this podcast, with a friend or family member or coworker so that we can spread the message of Journey to Launch. All right, that's it. Until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. Journeyers.